0: You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Wow, I'm excited this morning. I always, I, I tend to be an excited person. I love life and today is all about life. It's what today is about. It's about the fact that Jesus is alive and we too can experience that life in him. So in a moment, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. The title of our message this morning is something also to think about. You know, sometimes I wonder if we we don't connect the victory, the victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's won a victory over something, over death. So this morning's message is entitled, He is risen, death is defeated. Now that's an amazing statement. A hallelujah is in line right after that statement. Death is defeated. If we begin to think about that for just a moment, we, we really begin to comprehend, maybe just in a small measure, just how phenomenal it is to think that for the believer, for the one who has put his faith in Christ, that death does not have to be feared. It's been It's been defeated because death, let's face it, it's a monster to deal with. With every tick of the clock, someone in the world dies. Tick, death, tick, death, tick, death, tick, death, 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 Death. And people die in bizarre ways. Did you know 150 people die every year because a coconut falls on their head? 150 people dead every year. 24 people die every year from a champagne cork. Strangest one I ever heard was a guy by the name of, I wrote his name down here, Carlos Umbas in the Philippines. Carlos woke up one morning early to fish, got his fishing boat out, man, he was excited. It was way early in the morning, got in his boat, about to cast the first line, and he stretched and yawned real big, and when he yawned, a fish jumped out of the water into his throat and choked him to death. Say it's crazy. There's many more bizarre ways that people die. Truth of the matter is, is that death is a fact. It is a fact. And as we whimper just a little bit, whisper a little bit, because of those interesting illustrations, really, it's not something to laugh about. When you think about it, it's something to be serious about because death is real. People die suddenly. People die instantaneously. And people die in strange ways. Wasn't it Mark Twain that said this? Life is a losing proposition you'll never get out of it alive he was wrong he was wrong and my message this morning is set out to prove that he was absolutely totally wrong very very wrong so let's read together first corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to begin reading in just a moment in verse number, I believe it's 45. But before I do, I want to draw attention to a statement that was read in our worship time in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, where it mentioned, Paul mentions in this chapter that he said, I'm speaking to you of something that is of first importance. I think there's some significance in that. Do you realize this morning that the message, the celebration, the theme of of the sermon this morning, of the service this morning, of this weekend, is the most important thing about the Christian faith? This is what everything else rests upon. Without this, everything else is a colossal waste of time. This, my friends, is of first importance. Man, I love 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the most extensive teaching in all the scripture about the most important subject. in all the scripture, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love the gospel accounts. I love the one we read today. Luke, uh, I believe it was out of Luke. Uh, and I love it. I love Matthews and Marks and Johns. And I mean, the gospel accounts are wonderful. They're just little snippets, little experiential portions of scripture that give us a little information. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing like 1 Corinthians 15. This, to me, is the most extensive passage in all the Bible. And I love this passage where we get more concentrated teaching on the resurrection and its incredible significance. Because after all, Christianity is all about being raised after you die. That's what it's all about. And Jesus, the Bible says, is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so today we come to the text. Let's read it together, shall we? You can look on the screen or look right there at your written word or your electronic devices, whatever you have. Look at it. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man, from heaven as was the man of dust so also are those who are of the dust and as is the man of heaven so also are those who are of heaven just as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven I tell you this brothers For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But, but thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Three incredible truths from this passage of scripture. Beginning with number one, Jesus is the king he's the king you reign above it all you reign above it all over the universe and over every heart there is no higher name Jesus you reign above it all he is sovereign he is king of kings and lord of lords why is Jesus king why is Jesus lord because he is risen from the dead and he is lord When Jesus walked out of that grave, he did more than survive death. He destroyed death. He destroyed death. Oh, notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 22, as we step into some of the interesting things about the text, it says here that for as in Adam all die. Remember him? He was the first guy in the Bible, remember, in the Garden of Eden. And we all died there. Humanity died in that garden as sin entered into the world. For it was by one man that sin entered into the world. And death has passed upon all men for that all have sinned, including me. So, again, in Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. Thus it is written, verse 45 of the text, the first man, Adam, Adam is called the first man, became a living being. But the last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. It's not spiritual, that is first, but the natural, then the spiritual. Four, verse 47, the first man, Adam, was from the earth, a man of dust. But the second man, Jesus, is from heaven. Jesus is the last Adam. You see, in the first Adam, we all fell, but in the second Adam, we can all be redeemed. Oh, listen, why? Why can we be redeemed? He is risen. That's why. You say, Eric, are you absolutely, totally sure, 100%, without any doubt at all? I mean, are you sure that he rose from the dead? My answer to you is resoundingly, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'm absolutely, totally sure. Let me me show you something. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, beginning at verse number 3, notice with me, Paul says, for I delivered to you as of first importance. Here's what I delivered to you. It's what I received. It's the gospel. It's this, that Christ died for our sins. Amen. And you know, Friday night was a lot about that. It was a lot about remembering that Jesus died for our sins. He died on that cruel cross. He was tortured, he was butchered, he was he was beaten and it was an awful thing, but he did die. And he died with a purpose for our sins. And then the Bible says he was buried. But aren't you glad that's not all that it says? Not only did he die for our sins and he was buried, but it goes on to say, this is what I received. It's of first importance. He, the Bible says, rose from the dead in accordance to the scriptures. Look look at verse three. He was buried and he raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas. He appeared. He came back. Somebody saw him. Cephas, not just Cephas, the 12 apostles and not just the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers At one time, some of who are still alive to this very day, they've not fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James. Then he appeared to the apostles. Last of all, he even appeared to little old me, insignificant me, Paul said. He actually appeared to me. Listen, these were witnesses, eyewitnesses. Paul is saying this, church. This is not a fairy tale. When you ask me if I believe this, I say it without stutter, without stammer, without apology. Yes, I believe it. This is, this is true. They saw him. These were eyewitness accounts. So let me ask you a question. What motivation could the apostle Paul have had in telling a lie? What motivation could the others who we just read about who saw him, what motivation could they have had to to tell a lie? What could they have gained by telling others they saw him if they did not actually see him? What motivation? Look with me, if you would, at verse 12 of our text again. Because if Christ proclaimed as... Raised from the dead. How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Because if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is a waste of time. Eric, just shut up and sit down. If Christ is not raised, you're wasting your time. And pastor, you're wasting our time. Let's cancel small groups this week. Let's go fishing. Let's go golfing. Let's just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. If Christ is not raised from the dead, then not only is my preaching a colossal waste of time, but your faith is in vain. It's a big waste of time. I mean, all of this, all this worship, everything we do, all the we organize here, all of the gospel efforts, the missions giving, all of the faith that we've uh, in twenty-nine years almost that we've stepped out by faith and 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 started this church and 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 trusted God at times when it seemed as if there was no way, and He made a way. That's all just a big waste of time. Not only is my preaching in vain, but your faith is in vain, and we are even found to be false witnesses, or. As this translation says, misrepresenting God. Because we testified about God, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. What, my friends, could they have gained by telling a lie? Well, I'll tell you what they did gain. They gained martyrdom. They died for what they believed in. And I'm going to tell you this morning, hypocrites and martyrs are not made out of the same thing. They're not made out of the same stuff. listen, men may live for a lie and some men may foolishly die for a lie, but how many would knowingly die for a lie? Not many, if any. But these men, they smiled at death. They sang songs as they were tortured and killed and as the guillotine dropped on their necks or as they were crucified or burned at the stake, they walked, they, 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 they smiled at death because they knew something. They knew that Jesus Christ walked out of that grave. That's what we sang about a moment ago earlier in the service. We sang about our resurrection, resurrected Savior. He died and rose again and became the death of death. We sang a moment ago in that song, King of Kings. In the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. Till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. We sang a moment ago, and death was arrested. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand, and death was arrested, and my life began. He is risen. Death is defeated. A little later on in the service, we're going to sing Living Hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. Jesus is king. He is king. Number two, not only do I see in this text that Jesus is king, but secondly, I see that we will all be made alive. We'll be made alive. Those of us who have put our faith and believed in Jesus the king and trusted him as our savior, We will all be made alive. What does his resurrection have to do with our resurrection? What's the connection between the two? How does all this work out? 1 Corinthians chapter 50. It's an amazing chapter. Look with me if you would. please, at verse 51. Behold. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Behold. I tell you a mystery. We'll come back to that in just a moment as well. We shall not all sleep. Paul says not everyone is going to die, but we shall all be changed. Be a good motto for Gospelites Church Nursery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this imperishable body must put on the imperishable. And the mortal body must put on immortality. Notice with me for a moment, if you would, the word behold. Do you know what that word means? It means pay attention. Oftentimes in Scripture, we'll see a word uh, beseech you, brethren. I urge you. I beg you. Or verily, verily, I say to you. Or behold. Pay attention. Let me ask you a question. On this Easter Sunday morning. You paying attention. Everybody here paying attention. This this is big stuff. Behold I'm going to tell you a mystery. What is a mystery. Well a mystery in scripture is. Is a sacred secret. It's something that. That that, that has not been revealed. The mystery in the Bible is something you cannot figure out. On your own. Not. No human wit, no human wisdom, no scientific investigation would ever show this to you. Not a mystery that God was going to reveal. But what's beautiful here is, though no one in the Old Testament knew what the mystery was, the mystery is no longer a secret because the secret is out. And what is the secret that's out? We shall be raised up like Jesus was raised up. That's the mystery that's been revealed. His resurrection assures us that we too will be raised after death. God is not going to leave these bodies of ours in the grave. Amen. We are coming out of that grave. Eric, preacher, don't you think this is a little supernatural? You're getting it. You're getting it. Good. Man, you guys are getting a hold of this thing. Yes. It is supernatural. The whole creation is supernatural. God made everything out of nothing. Don't you think he can raise me out of something? Yes, it's supernatural. That's the reason why the apostle Paul said to a king named Agrippa in Acts 26 and verse 8. Why is it? Why is it thought incredible by any of you that Christ, that God raises dead and then what's beautiful is paul actually gives an illustration about that in the text i give illustrations and paul gives illustrations in fact most of us preachers give illustrations because we learned from paul you know what an illustration is it's a story that lets the light in we begin to understand things here's paul's illustration it's found in first corinthians chapter 15 beginning in verse number 35 he says but someone will ask here's what some will ask How are the dead raised? So strange. How is this actually going to happen? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life. Paul says, unless it dies. When you put a seed in the ground, that seed has to die, right? Before it can come back to life. And so he goes on to say, what you sow is not... The body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps a weed or some other grain, but God gives it a body as He has chosen to each kind of its uh, of seed its own body. Paul is saying here in this little illustration that every time you put a seed in the ground, every time you put a seed in the ground, this is beautiful. It is a picture of the resurrection. A seed goes into the ground, it is buried, it dies, and it rots. But then, out of that seed comes a new and glorious life, more glorious than that seed that went into the ground. And, church, when God raises you up, and you're going to experience a glorious life that I could never explain in this message, it's too glorious. That's what those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we've experienced salvation. We've experienced his love. We've trusted in his sacrificial gift for salvation. It is undescribable what God has in store for us. We've talked about the Jesus is king. He is king. He is king. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. We've talked about the fact that we're going to be made alive. And we are going to be made alive. And Neva was right when she texted Butch back, he's alive in me. Way to go, Neva. Good job, girl. By the way, for those of you that didn't know, Neva has been in our church for almost 29 years. She's learned some things sitting here. Amen. She's in my small group. I'll tell you something else about Neva while I'm on Neva for a second. It's all about Jesus, though. Neva used to bring somebody to church when we started the church in Benton before we started the church in Hot Springs. And she'd drive her back and forth. She, she never got saved. But the first service we ever had in the history of Gospel Light, June seventh, nineteen 1992, the first convert in the history of our church, Neva brought down the aisle to be saved. Nellie Sullivan, who is in heaven today. Wow. How cool is that? Amen. I, just, I'm just, I don't know why I bragged on you, Neva, but I'm really bragging on Jesus. But Jesus is alive in you. And because Jesus is alive in her, we'll get to this in just a minute, but just quick commercial about my final point. Because Jesus is alive in her, she can be steadfast. She can be immovable. She can always abound in the work of the Lord because she knows her labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. So let's go back here. And again, let's discuss number three. Not only Jesus is king, we will be made alive. But number three and in closing, we can live in victory one day when we eventually get to heaven. (sighs) Wow. Man, that's not the note. I'm sorry. I gave you too much information. You're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. What, wait, wait, what, What do I put in the blank? Not that. Don't put that. We can live in victory now. Right now, church. And this is what, this is something to think about because I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm just throwing this out there as a thought because some people think, listen, some people might think, if you've not known me very well, you might think that all of this energy and excitement is something I'm taking. Now, the only thing I really take that I know of, I I drink two bangs a week. Anybody ever heard of the drink bang, B-A-N-G? I like them. Jesse loves them. I like the bang. You bought me one the other day. I drank the whole thing. Hey, listen, if this is two bangs, can you imagine if I go to three? If I go one bang a week, I'm going to bang out of here, man. I mean I'm... let me tell you something church. This has nothing to do with bangs. This has everything to do with what I'm preaching. I'm excited, I'm thrilled, I'm, 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 I am absolutely uh, living at, a, at a, a, somewhat of what Paul called a third heaven level. I'm, I'm so excited this morning about what I'm about to tell you. It's called victory in Jesus. Let's begin reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality. Now, time out, preacher. Can you explain all of this? Well, I want to just explain it like this. Paul is not trying to make us better theologians. He's trying to make us better Christians. Sometimes I'm so concerned that all we want to do is try to know more and learn more and figure all this stuff out. But at the end of the day, if we could just practically apply this truth and understand what Paul is teaching here is not that you might be a theologian, but that you might just be a Christian who lives out the Christian life. So follow along. Don't be intimidated by all of this information. Then shall come to pass. Here's what, what will come to pass from all of that. This saying that death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers, be steadfast. My sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What is he saying? Listen, church, he's talking about the victory that you and I should be living every day, every moment, serving Christ in the light of that victory. We are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Amen. That's who we're to be right now. Why? Why should we be that way? What's the big deal? Why are you so excited, preacher? Are you sure it's not those bangs? No, it's this. We shall all be changed. We've been changed. He's conquered death. He took the pain out of parting. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he took the gloom out of the grave. He took strength out of sin. He took the sting out of death. And he gives us a hope that is steadfast and sure so that we can live in victory right now. Right now. I love that little statement, oh, death. Where is your sting? Where is your sting, death? I'll tell you where it is. It's in Jesus. Because he took the sting out of death. I'll illustrate. I'll illustrate with this story. A mother, she's playing with her two little children. Her, She got a boy and a girl, and they're playing in the garden like you may be playing today. Isn't this a beautiful day to play in the yard? We're going to do that today kid the grandkids go out and play and she's playing in the yard and all of a sudden this bee comes and stings the little boy right in the arm all chaos takes place the boy begins to cry the little girl is running scared of the bee that's still buzzing around and mom begins to care for the little boy as the whelp lumps up on his arm and the red becomes real red and finally she gets him settled down and calmed down but the girl is still Well, she's still being a girl. (laughs) She's freaking out. She's all scared and worried. Finally, finally, mama says, sweetheart, come see something. The little girl sheepishly comes to mama as the bee is still buzzing around. And she says, look real closely at Bubba's arm. You see that little sting? See it? Yes, mama. Well, a bee only has one sting. You see that bee still buzzing around like it's a threat but Bubba took the sting out of the bee that bee may buzz and it may scare you but it can't sting you (laughs) I'm telling you Jesus took the sting out of death they call this old-timey preaching about half of you liked it and half of you didn't but at least I pleased some of you and amen I still kind of got some of that in me. I can't help it. I just get happy about Jesus. He's good. He's real. He's powerful. Church, he took the sting of death for me. And he took it for you. He took it for you. Oh, listen, the sting of death was taken by Jesus. And I'm convinced that maybe, maybe I'm making this up, maybe not. Maybe this could be the anthem of the redeemed. Maybe this could be something we just... You know, wow, this is something we just share. When we fear death, we just, we just quote this. We say it as a family. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, church, here's the bottom line, and I'm done. The bottom line is this. Therefore. Therefore, my beloved brothers. Therefore, my beloved sisters. Be steadfast. Everything I just said in 57 verses on the resurrection, all of that information, I just laid it out. I laid out the most comprehensive teaching. Paul's saying this to you today, Gospelite. I've laid out, Paul says, the most comprehensive teaching on the resurrection. Everything you've just heard, therefore, based on that, be steadfast, be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Church, we're living in a day where everything that is not nailed down is coming loose. I've never seen anything like it. Churches actually denying the word of God. So called pastors changing doctrine. Believe just what, what's the politics say? And I'll just kind of go that direction this year. What oh that YouTube video is pretty interesting. Let's believe that. But what about the Bible? Well, you know, the Bible's an old book. It's kind of ancient. What about Jesus? Did you know you do he rose from the dead? Well, you know, I don't know about that. I I just know this that uh, you know we're living in a in a day where we've got to accept wait a minute. Be steadfast. Convictions. Convictions. Be immovable. If you believe that Jesus Christ is coming again, question, what should you do? What should you do if you really believe that? Be steadfast. If you really believe that, be immovable. Abound in the work of the Lord. Oh, listen, get your head out of the clouds of prophecy and get your feet on the pavement of soul winning. Let's get out there and tell people about Jesus Let's quit worrying about all this, you know, deep stuff that that we argue about and things that maybe don't even matter. Somebody may ask me, well, you didn't mention when you believe Jesus is coming back. Because you know what, church? It doesn't matter when. He's coming back. not going to argue around a coffee table about when. I just believe he is. Let's, instead of argue, let's go tell somebody he's coming back. Let's love Jesus. Church, with a greater passion than we ever had before. Let's live by faith like we never have before. Let's give and be good stewards of our money like we never have before. Let's witness and be a soul winner like we never have before. Let's live out verse 58. Because one day, it's going to be too late. It is. One day it's going to be too late to work for God. It's going to be too late to win a soul. It's going to be too late to start tithing. It's going to be too late to start doing what we know we should do so what we do for jesus we need to do now jesus walked out of that grave he's king of kings and lord of lords is he that over your life jesus is coming again and we will rise as he rose jesus is victorious over death and hell may we live in victory and so I say this to all the members of Gospelite and to all the followers of Jesus who are visiting with us this morning because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And because he walked out of the grave and because he's coming again, by God's grace, may we commit to be steadfast. May we commit to be immovable. May we commit to abound in the work Of the Lord, because we know it's not a colossal waste of time. Why is our labor not in vain? And why is my preaching not in vain? Because Jesus came out of the grave. By God's grace, may we commit to this. You know, I know that Jesus lives, I know that He does. Let me ask you a question Do you live? Do you live? Are you saved? If we would ask you today, you know, tell us one reason why you know that Jesus rose from the dead. Would you be able to say because he's alive in me? If not, you know what I'd like to ask you to do this morning? I'd like to ask you to receive Jesus Christ. I invite you to receive him. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you. And here's the good news. You can make a decision to do that in this service. Friday night, someone was saved. This morning in the first service, someone was saved. You can be saved too. You can accept Christ right now. Right where you're seated. You could just say to Christ, eyes open, eyes closed. It's not the prayer anyway. Just just say, God, I receive you. I believe. I repent of my sins and I put my faith in you, God, as my only way to heaven. This morning, you can accept Christ and become a believer, a follower of Christ. He will make himself known to you. There's a process called sanctification. It's a big word for just this. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm becoming more like Jesus. It's one of the coolest things you'll ever experience. So today is the day for you. Would you accept Christ right now? And then listen, when you do, let someone know about it. If you have... Let someone know about it. I'll be up front with some other elders. I know Jeremy will be here. We'd love to pray with you and and just hear about it. Or maybe you'd say, well, could I talk to somebody first? I'd rather just maybe this week. Beautiful. We'd love to meet with you this week. Trust me. We'll cancel appointments. We'll rearrange our schedules to fit yours. If you'd like to talk to us about eternal life and where you're going to spend eternity. We'd love to do that this week. Let's bow for prayer, shall we? Father, I love you. I thank you for this amazing, amazing day. Lord, I know that every day for the believer is a day to rejoice and be glad because you made it and you're in it and you're alive every day. But God, there's something special about a birthday. There's something special about a spiritual birthday. There's something special about a day we call Mother's Day or Father's Day. But God, nothing, nothing, no day, is like the day we celebrate this day. The day you made all of that possible. Resurrection. Easter. Thank you. God, we love you. We pray today that you would experience our worship, our adoration, our praise. We pray today that another child will come into the family of God. We pray today that we would increase our tribe of brothers and sisters. Oh, Father, work. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in this place and draw, draw someone right now to faith in Christ. We love you and thank you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand, church?